Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Sydney, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm Kalina, and my pronouns are also they, them, theirs. Today, we are so excited to be here talking about the Intergenerational Queer Audio Project. It's a new podcast produced by Kaiser Permanente's Educational Theater Program in collaboration with Oregon Children's Theater. In this series of three episodes titled Message to Ourselves, 17 artists aged 14 to 80 answer the question, what is your message to your younger self? Sharing valuable wisdom, stories, and reflections for queer listeners of all ages in our community. We have the opportunity to talk to many of the participants today, as well as the creative team that led the project. And we're gonna get some insight into how the process went and what we can expect from the podcast. All three of the chapters will be released at once next week on Monday, June 28th. Check them out. Here is a clip from the first chapter, Generations, directed by Marisa Sanchez. Hello, my name is Keller Dean Henry. I use they, she pronouns and I'm 42 years old. When I'm unsure, I remind myself what every Haitian kid proudly knows, that I am the descendant of revolutionaries whose fires and voices won't be dimmed. So many of us live in the crossroads of our culture's expectations and the people that we need to be. My voice rises. The pitch of my ancestors, frenzied with lessons and guidance waiting to be shared. Only the lost timbers of grandmothers and sisters remain, demanding their legacies of language, of love, be carried on. My queer blossomed from concrete sidewalks, from angry shouts and hidden whispers, from behind protective skirts I watched, wordlessly observing and imagining a future that might resemble mine. My politics found fire in the streets, with a rainbow of strangers demanding to live and love and die with dignity, still too young to be a part of the struggle that I would one day inherit. That poem was, was written by Keller Dean Henry with music by Rob Smith. This chapter was directed by Marisa Sanchez, who couldn't be here today, but they have a message for us. Here is Marisa talking about this first chapter titled Generations. Hi, my name is Marisa and my pronouns are she, they. I am a co-director for this project and I help support the folks in the Generations project. Group Generations is an acknowledgement of ancestors, those who came before us, and our descendants, those who came after us, all while also holding and uplifting the idea that we ourselves are both those things. Enjoy. Thank you to Marisa for that video message. And here with us tonight, we do have Justin Charles, another co-director for this project. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Justin Charles. Pronouns are he, she, any form of thou. Um, so thrilled to be here. And uh, in this particular generations group, we have Keller, uh, whose poem that you've just heard, uh, Nikki, uh, Mallory, Eloise, Elijah, and Tina. Um, not all of them are here this evening, but uh, those that are, would you folks join us? And uh, if if to, if that is something you're interested in, join us on screen and just introduce yourselves um, or audio um, also. Hi, uh, I'm Nikki, pronoun she, her, and I'm 30 years old. Hello, I am Keller. I am 42. I use they, she pronouns. It's nice to meet you all. Um, and Justin, could you talk a little bit about where the title of the series, Message to Ourselves, came from? Yeah, uh, certainly. Um, so the initial idea of uh, Message to Ourselves uh, came not only uh, as an influence or influenced by the participants and their creations, um, but also the creative team. Uh, we 
grew to recognize some common threads within the pieces of art, um, which were majorly driven by reflections that were either past, present, or future. Um, and then those were continuously uplifted by the idea that story sharing can be incredibly empowering and healing, um, particularly in an audio format. Um, and so that all just influenced the title. And then we also tried to tie in the intergenerational aspect of this project by doing some past cultivation of ourselves to hopefully and possibly influence, uh, create wonder and maybe inspire our listeners. That's wonderful, thank you. Awesome. Um, and for the participants in this group, I'm really curious, what drew you to this project? And follow-up question already, <laughs> what did you think when you learned it would focus on storytelling through audio? What, uh, this is Keller. Um, what actually drew me to the project was that it was audio. Um, I, I actually learned about it the very last day that I could have signed up for it. And I have a radio, a community radio background. So it was like this amazing opportunity for me to combine two different loves, audio, radio, and theater in a way that I never would have thought of. And it was just, the, the project itself really called to me also just especially right now in this point of so many of our lives as we're processing these really big concepts of loss and grief and the future and, and the past. And, and because it's Pride Month, you know, we're, we're, you know, this is what we're talking about is our history as queer people. And uh, for a lot of us as queer people of color, as, as a black person, our part of queer history is often being erased, stolen, sublimated. And so when you have movies that kind of remove us from where we really were, it's so important that we share our stories, our personal stories, but also our our collective stories, our stories that we share as a community, um, this history that we share. And I feel like um, the storytelling aspect is something that is almost lost. So I really was excited about an opportunity to capture something that almost seems like sometimes it feels like it's a dying art form. Thank mm. you, Keller, for that answer. Deeply resonates, appreciate it. And there are so many different folks you all worked with, with so many different stories um, who worked on this project. And so I'm wondering what it was like collaborating with such a wide range of people and how having so many voices um, added to the project. Um, yeah. It was really fun, actually. Um, I've never worked on a project that was so intentional about connecting um, all our different heritages, not just between each other, but between like generations. Um, that's why, you know, you know, between what, 13 and 80, like, <laughs> that's a crazy age range to be working with but it's so you need that age range to see the whole picture of what's happening especially like in our queer community like it's not just through blood that communities and ties are formed but it's through struggle through shared identities and this this project in itself is really unique um in doing that and I'm I'm just so happy to be a part of this I think one of the cool things for me about working with such um, a, an intentionally diverse group of people is that for much of the project, we didn't, we didn't see each other. And so it was just our voices, just our stories, and just us getting to present ourselves as we are. And it just, it felt really cool. And I can't, honestly, I can't remember the last time I was in a, a room with a 16 year old. And so it was a really cool opportunity to get the perspective and also to remember what it was like being, you know, queer and 16 and just, you know, trying to make your way through the world. And it was, it was a really great experience. And I feel like I'm a better person for it. And I definitely feel like for me going forward creatively, it has encouraged me to kind of expand who I see as potential collaborators. And so it's been a really amazing experience and I'm just definitely grateful for it. That's so cool. Thank you both. <laughs> 
Uh, I know that for some queer folks, relationships with families can be complicated. And I would love to hear your thoughts on why it was important to start with ancestors and cultural identity when thinking about the stories that you wanted to tell. Um, yeah, I think for me, I started, you know, I did a poem. Um, I didn't know where to start. So I was like, let me start at the beginning. <laughs> and in the beginning is ancestral knowledge. But the beginning is things you don't know that people before you knew. Um, and it's also things that you do know because of the people before you. Um, and it can be hard as a queer person when there's family ties have been cut off, things like that, where there's trauma. Um, and suddenly you're thrown into a world that you weren't expecting to have to navigate on your own. And then you meet these amazing people who are also going through the same thing. And it's like, whoa, it's like, oh, it's so sad that I had to go through this really hard struggle and this trauma. But then I meet these really awesome people who are also going through this really hard stuff and this trauma. And it's like, but I wouldn't have met them without this story. And part of taking time to do storytelling is to reflect and honor those experiences. And I'm just, that's why this art form is here. That's why we do these things. And th that really, like I finally got it, you know, really seeing it through intergenerational, really seeing it through familial, through queerness. Ugh. But yeah, so that's all I got to say. <laughs> Ooh, what <laughs> yummy stuff. I am so, so excited to listen to the podcast, but now I'm just stoked to hear this first uh, section too. Um, so thank you so much, Nikki. And thank you to everyone in the Generations group for sharing. We appreciate you. <laughs> See ya. So next, we have a clip from the second chapter, Reflections on the Eye of the Hurricane. Hello, my name is Claudia. I use the pronouns she and her. I consider myself an elder lesbian. I am 72 years old. I have been reflecting on the eye of the hurricane as it reflects my life thus far. Of course, I have experienced riding the storms of the hurricane. We all have. They are not easy times. It is not easy bearing them and getting ourselves through them so that we might get to the eye. I do believe, though, that we need to come to appreciate the calm, time for reflection, and the relief that comes with the eye. I hope that my story, the accounting of my life thus far, will help you see why I feel that way. I think I took my first adventure inside the eye of the hurricane when I was six in 1954. I was in first grade. I didn't know what it was about the teacher who taught the first grade across the hall from my class or about me that found me so in awe of that teacher. All I knew was that she was tall with dark eyes and she made my heart feel something different. My first crush on a female. You can only imagine how thrilled I was when I reached fourth grade to find that she was my teacher. I really loved that school year. Later, in 1960, when I was in seventh grade, I thought the new girl in school and in my class was so pretty, and she made my heart feel like that teacher had back in first grade. I then had an idea that it was odd that I liked a girl in the way that I was supposed to like boys. Another step closer to the hurricane's stormy parts. In high school, from 1962 till 1966, I was the now self-recognized lesbian and sat happily with my new girlfriend, Linda, in the eye of the hurricane. We held hands under the covers at sleepovers, kissed 
and discovered making love. All of that in hiding, of course. We knew the other girls liked boys, and we were different, and that our relationship would not be accepted. We were joyful in the eye, though, and loved until I graduated college, and she had a job with an airline. We decided to tell our mothers, and out of the eye and into the stormy section of the hurricane, we went. That was a lovely excerpt from a monologue written by Claudia Craig. And introducing this group is the director of the project, Cambria. Hi. Hello, I'm Cambria Herrera, and my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. And I have the honor of introducing the folks that collaborated on this project. Um, the whole group was RECS, Corey, RER, Cedra, Loki, and Claudia. And some of those folks are here with us today. Y'all ready? There they are. Hi, I'm Loki. I use he, they pronouns. Hi, I am Ari. I use they, them pronouns. And I am Ari. I use he, him pronouns. Awesome. Welcome, y'all. Uh, my first question is to Cambria. I'm really curious about the name of the chapter. Could you tell us more about it? Reflections on the Eye of the Hurricane. Yeah, so um, there is a wide variety of the type of stories you'll hear in this chapter, but they all um, come from reflecting on some pretty difficult times in the writer's life and the also reflections of the uh, really special moments that can come when you're sort of in a calm within a, a deep storm in your life. So. Um, there's some wisdom that each of these people found when they reflected on their past or their current situation of going through something really challenging and a sort of nugget that they wanted to share with their younger selves or to share with young people today about what they could take away um, when they were able to find some calm right in the middle of a really difficult time or just what they were able to reflect on after um, thinking back on those times. Yeah. Mm, thank you for that. <laughs> and for the rest of the group, I'm sure uh, a process exploring some of these difficult times uh, was transformative. So I'm wondering how did working on this project affect you or change you? Uh, yeah, so for me personally, um, this project, it did affect me a lot because um, I, I don't remember most of my childhood. So I had to really just rely based off stories I was told and then like, the minimal memories that I do have. Um, so I feel like this project has helped me regain some in some ways. Um, and I think looking back and what I would want to say to my younger self um, really helped me today, weirdly. It was weirdly ther therapeutic. I was like, oh, maybe I needed this. Um, <laughs> So it was, um, yeah, it was really interesting how much uh, just kind of reflecting back on your younger self and thinking about what you would want to say to them about who you are today and why you are who you are um, was really interesting and it was super fun to make and share. So one thing for me that was a little bit different about this, um, I, my background is really as a movement person and having this opportunity to explore words a little more deeply was so fun and transformative and interesting. Uh, and I ended up coming up with a little more, like looking at some more concrete ways of expression and getting feedback around that was really delightful and I really loved finding ways to still be a little bit creative and playful with it but still 
express myself and tell a story in a more concrete way. That's so cool. Thank you both. Uh, I'm curious, what was it like being in a project that was intentionally a space for queer folks? Woo! And, <laughs> right? And how did this experience differ from other creative groups that you've been a part of in that respect? Thank you for that question. Yes, this was an extremely special project to be a part of. Um, the fact that it was intentionally queer built and the running lead up time we had to this, honestly, our groups formed in April. Um, and so we had a lot of time to develop different types of writing and recording and work um, over the sessions, I think, and a lot of, um, folks I think in the group might agree that there was a lot of vulnerability from the start and just a lot of very raw honesty, um, faster than I think I had experienced in other uh, group projects um, and kind of ensemble pieces. And so the tenderness and the vulnerability from the start was really something, something else that just really, it was honestly like kind of a relief to go to rehearsal each day. It just kind of took a weight off my back. Um, and um, also, uh, because we all had, you know, queer, trans, um, different types of backgrounds, there was a lot of language that we didn't have to explain to each other because we already knew it or we had already lived it. And some of us had lived it for decades and decades and decades, and some of us are just coming into it. And so there was a lot of uh, kind of wonderful community about that, being able to share a specific type of language when it came to queerness. Thank you, Ari. Um, thanks everyone for your thoughtful answers. And um, I guess we'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> see y'all. So next, we are going to hear a live version of a song that you will also hear on the podcast. So here to perform it is Anna. Hi, I'm Anna and I'm going to be performing my song Shattered Pieces that I wrote for this podcast and you will hear on my episode. Hold on. Spend an eternity lost in her eyes. It's two a.m. thinking about her smile and how there's me in all my emptiness, me in all my broken beauty. away until there's nothing left. Maybe I make sure that I fix all of the shattered pieces, glue back together the fragments of a girl who could be whole for you. So maybe I shut my mouth and let them do what they do better. Maybe I drown in shame so one day we might be together. And maybe I fade away so I can be enough for you. If I'm by her side, but every time she looks my way, I know that I'm lying, cause there's me and my invisibility, and how I know she'll never see me, but 
make her believe and every time she looks at me now the hurt is gone from the way she saw the truth because every single time she looks at me original song called Shattered Pieces. Mm, so beautiful. Um, the last member of the creative team that we're going to introduce is the music director and co-director, Ash. Hello. Hey. Hi, I'm Ash. I use they, them, and she, her pronouns. Um, I music directed and co-directed uh, the Intergenerational Queer Audio Project. Um, joining me in this group, in the final group, are Anna, Brenda, Caitlin, Melly, and Vanessa, and most of them are here tonight. So I'll invite them to hop on and say hello. Hi, I'm Vanessa, she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Caitlin, I use she, her pronouns. I'm Anna, I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Melissa, I use she, her pronouns. Oh wait, any pronouns. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, Ash, could you please tell us about this last part of the podcast? I'm so curious. Yeah, so this last um, episode in our podcast is called Why Are We Playing This Game? Uh, this episode, it reflects on themes of perfectionism, uncertainty, and survival within the context of our queer lives. Um, they've, uh, this group has created stories and songs and poems um, that kind of unearth ideas of reclamation, uh, perseverance, exploring labels and language, uh, freedom and authenticity, challenging old systems, ex expectations for our bodies, and the impossibility of external expectations. Um, if that sounds like a lot, um, it is, because this group just um, really explored all sorts of different and interconnecting ideas. Um, kind of the central question that came out of our conversations. Um, I remember there was a day uh, when we were just having a conversation around something and I believe it was Vanessa who um, just very nonchalantly um, said the phrase, why are we playing this game? Uh, she just very innocently asked that question and it kind of rocked my world. Um, and we uh, kind of coalesced around that idea so this episode asks that question, why are we playing this game? Um, and it begins that conversation. So I'm excited for folks to join us on that. Thanks for asking the question, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for everyone else, what was it like collaborating on this project, especially online and knowing that it would be an audio project? Yeah, that's a really good question. So for me personally, um, although I had to get used to meeting on Zoom, I really enjoyed the overall process. Um, I love getting to meet everybody, and even though it was only virtually, um, whether it's through group discussions or check-ins at the beginning of each meeting, I really felt like um, I was able to bond with everyone. Of course, it goes without saying that there are still a few struggles that at least I had to go through over Zoom. So for me, um, not being able to see people's faces while I interacted with them was a bit unusual, but I got used to it after a while. And I think that we can all agree um, that technical difficulties were definitely present throughout our process. Additionally, since I was aware that this project was going to be created in an audio format, 
it made me think um, about and whittled down what exactly I wanted to produce. And as somebody whose artistic abilities consisted of both visual and audio performing arts, the fact that we had to produce this project with no visuals made it so that I had to choose a means of creativity that was solely audio based. Um, but in the end, I was able to write and, and create a song that I'm quite proud of. And um, for me, I loved the whole experience in general. Um, I was on Zoom all day long. And so it was so refreshing to come into this Zoom. It was the first Zoom and only Zoom I've ever been on where it was encouraged to not have your cameras on. Um, and it was so relaxing on my eyes. I could take a break, kind of like just the distraction of Zoom and all the things you can look at. Um, so it was really nice and relaxing that part of it. And then after a while, I realized it kind of felt like an old school from the 90s conference call, <laughs> um, which was just kind of heartwarming um, in the sense of like it just reminded me of like my teenage years. And um, also um, later after we were all done and reflecting back on the project, I realized that it was kind of ironic or and also cool at the same time that the tools that we had to create and collaborate with were what we were using the tools that we had for the podcast. And what I mean by that is that the podcast is audio only, and we were all on our Zooms audio only and collaborating together in that way and creating in that way. Um, so it was kind of cool how we were just given the tools that we needed to create with anyways, like when you're dropped off on like an imaginary island and you have only the tools that you could find there. So it was fun. Um, and also not being in person, not being able to see each other's faces, you would think that it might be a little bit harder to connect and really get deep and personal, but that was not the case. <laughs> As um, Caitlin was sharing a little bit, we, um, I felt really bonded to these people and really quickly had a sense of community that I was really looking forward to coming together with each rehearsal. Um, and interestingly enough, at times where I had the urge to kind of share a painful truth when maybe in person I would just hold it to myself. Um, it was kind of easier to say it to black squares <laughs> and to people I never met before and I might never meet in person. I didn't know if we would ever see each other's faces. And so it was kind of freeing in that way to just get it out into the abyss of nothingness. <laughs> you know, and then to see the heart emojis pop up. It's, uh, sorry, it just making me remember how much of how awesome it felt in the moment and how supportive it was and just to be held in the space of people that really get what you're saying. And we're like, in person, I might not say things because I couldn't handle the rejection of like your face, their facial expressions when they don't get it or they're judging you or thinking negative thoughts. And so just being in the community where they, they do get it <laughs> and they're supporting you. Like even now I'm seeing all these hearts coming up. They're supporting you in the moment. And then afterwards hearing the comments that they would say and of how much it did resonate with them and sharing their stories of similar things um, made it so just satisfying and really a healing, especially after this whole quarantine and all the crap people, <laughs> so many of us have gone through it really felt like just a soothing bomb of goodness <laughs> coming every twice a week that we got our rehearsals together. And it definitely will be experience all forever treasure and just be so grateful for the, having the experience and especially the people that I got to be on this journey with. That sounds so special Ooh. and so powerful. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Oh, man. I think in honor of the soothing balm, can we all just take a pause and take a deep breath if you want, squeeze your own hand, mm. whatever you need. I'm still reeling after Anna's beautiful song, so. <laughs> okay, um, so I know a guiding question for the project was what was a message to your younger self? And I think Loki touched on this earlier. Um, but I I'm really would love to know, as you went through the process, what messages did you discover that your younger selves had for you? For me, I mean, 
uh, my song is definitely a reflection of that that you all just heard. For me, I've heard a lot of people mention this from the other side of this today, but I come, I'm 15. I come from being a girl who is very new and being out, although I don't really like that term, just like starting to publicly explore what sexuality means to me because it feels like a secret I've kept for so long within myself as a child. And it felt so negative to be, I, I dealt with a lot of internalized homophobia. I was talking with my mom about this the other day. It's, it's weird and wonderful to have something that has taken up such a burden in your heart, something that felt so scary and so like I was a bad person for this. And then all of a sudden I discover all these people who are telling me that it's beautiful because they experience it and it is beautiful for them. And I'm looking up to all these people of all ages, people that you aren't shown in the media, queer people aren't represented, represented in the way of like sort of being a mentor or a role model. And so I come here totally zero expectations and I find all these people who are adults and people who are in older generations telling me their stories of just coming into these beautiful selves. And I'm sitting here being like, feeling the fear melting off of me. Like all of this fear of like, oh no, I'm expected to live this life and do these exact things that I'm expected to do. And I see all these people just living so beautifully and telling me that I am beautiful for this part of me. It's insane. And so to hear, to hear that and to think going back to my younger self, I just want to tell that little girl who's hiding and crying because there's this big feelings that don't make sense, that it's okay and that it's going to work out. And I think along with that, we talked a lot about, you know, bodies and dealing with, you know, things like eating disorders. And it's, I think, you know, as I struggle through that and come out on the other side, my younger self, just the messages of it's okay to be happy. It's okay to not be struggling all the time. It's okay to not hate yourself because hating yourself is so tiring and coming through all of this and just being like, we'll get there one day. And right now I found pieces of myself that some people say are beautiful and I will get to the point where I can call it beautiful and tell my children and other generations that this is a beautiful part of me and my body is beautiful and my sexuality is beautiful and all the things that people deem bad, you know, different mental illnesses and qualities that my whole life I've been grown up telling this is a hindrance, this is something you need to fix, that it doesn't have to be that. And it can be something that transforms you into just being more beautiful. And that is what I will take from this experience forever. Hi. Um, so for me, uh, I mean, Anna said a lot of what I feel like was going through my mind um, and has been going through my mind. Just like, I think for me, what has come up with, um, I mean, I think that it's, I find it beautiful that like, kind of like the self healing and like work that I've been trying to do. And that has like started when this pandemic hit and everything aligns with like, this whole like project, um, just being in community with everyone, it just feels like, I don't know, just like aligns and um, it's all happening in like divine time. Um, and I think that for me, uh, some things that uh, came up and was uh, like self-hatred. I think like there's a lot of that for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think like a lot of self-blame for like a lot of the things that I've gone through and like, like the pains and, and the trauma. Um, and a really big thing too that came up that I feel like I was already aware of, but it kind of um, hit me differently when I was like meditating one night and I felt like I reconnected with my inner child and just like that, that this part of me that feels like 
has felt abandoned for like like most of my life and I think even I abandoned myself you know because I think like kind of seeing that around me I feel like it became internalized and I just I just did the same thing I think like in a way I I abandoned myself I abandoned all these things that I feel like give me life and keep me going in some ways and so I think that that has been a big part of um this this whole like journey that I've been on and amongst the many messages that I think my inner child is still giving me even in this moment. So um, yeah, it's, it's a work in progress, but I think uh, that it's, it's really beautiful, you know, this whole healing thing. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's put our hands together for the Why Are We Playing This Game group. Thank y'all for sharing. Thank you. So much. Appreciate you. So now uh, let's have Justin and Cambria come on and join us again uh, so we can see the whole creative team. Hello, uh, minus Marisa Sanchez, of course. Um, so can any of you summarize what this process has been like for you um, and if you've made anything like this before? Yeah, I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> so uh, to summarize in one way, you could say this was just very scary, um, very intimidating to dive into a medium of all um, audio and uh, create with people that have never met before um, and explore really uh, intimate details of people's lives uh, in a sort of scary environment, the internet. <laughs> uh, so I could say in some sense that it was uh, scary, but on the other side of that coin, I would say that this was uh, one of the most thrilling projects I've ever been a part of. From the moment I first heard about the project, I was excited to come on board. I'm so thankful to be asked to come on board and uh, work with Justin and Marisa and Ash. I, uh, immediately felt very uh, collaborative and very safe in um, meeting each other where we were at and finding a great groove and how we wanted to work with each other and how we wanted to support the participants that came on board. And then it was such an honor when we received, I think, over 60 applications. Uh, everyone who applied was uh, really exciting person to get to know the many people we interviewed. I was so thankful for what they brought and um, in choosing the participants, we were just continuously blown away by the creativity everyone brought to the project. Um, we did a lot of work in sort of crafting uh, as much as we could opportunities for people to get to know each other, to get to know uh, what they might have in common versus what might separate them across times um, of when they were born and uh, across gender identities or sexual identities um, or locations where they grew up uh, and just find the commonalities that they have in their experiences, their interests, um, their creative outlets and joys. And then uh, seeing them come to know each other was honestly my favorite part. <laughs> Uh, seeing the support that you've heard about in the past few minutes uh, from all the different participants that they received from each other was uh, such a joy to experience, such an honor to get to facilitate, and um, just the icing on the cake is the project that you're going to hear. <laughs> the audio project is uh, so beautiful. It was uh, joyful to make something with all of these participants. It was joyful to hear their reflections and to collaborate together and just to be a support as much as we could to each person um, crafting their story, rehearsing their story. Um, and this is, is such an exciting culminating event. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear the podcast. Um, would anybody else like to share a little bit more about what it was like collaborating in a process like this? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. Um, yeah, I'll just build on what Cambria said. Um, the The collaboration of this process has been um, truly um, singular uh, and unique and beautiful and moving, and a process that I'll I'll never forget. Um, it's 
everything that we did from the creative team first meeting and setting intentions um, for how we work with each other and learning about each other, um, how we collaborate, what our learning styles were, um, what our needs are from collaboration, and then taking that into um, the space with the participants, uh, building group agreements, how we all want to show up in the space, um, the intentionality and the safety um, that we wanted to cultivate, we knew was really important because vulnerability is such a big part of this project. Um, what is your message for your younger self? That itself requires vulnerability, right? Within yourself and then in conversation with 16 plus strangers, right? Um, and then also um, just how we want to show up for each other and the vulnerability that comes with um, just being with 16 plus strangers and knowing that we all bring different um, different parts of ourselves to different spaces. And uh, I really feel like in our project, um, the, the thing that I'm most appreciative of is how uh, diverse um, and whole and authentic everyone's contributions were. Um, there was, I was just consistently bowled over by things that folks said. Like I mentioned before, when Vanessa said, you know, why are we playing this game? And I just kind of sat down and was like, wait, what's going on? Uh, what just happened? My world has been rocked. Um, I consistently, during this devising process, would be like, oh, I have, oh, we're having a conversation. Okay, let me mark an idea. Maybe we'll do that thing later. Um, oh, maybe this can become an art thing, you know, devising as we go, building a a project together, consistently just throwing away things I had written down because everything that the participants were saying were just so revolutionary and mind-blowing and so much more compelling than anything I could come up with on my own in a vacuum, right? Um, and so that just kept happening, happening every rehearsal, twice a week. Um, every conversation I had with uh, the creative team, with the production team across the entirety of this project um, uh, I left each meeting session rehearsal enriched, um, and excited, uh, and folks really got to, we got to reflect on our queer experiences and how that intersects with race, with age, with disability, with mental health, with a whole variety of things. Um, and, um, each part of all of that and of each person, um, is so beautiful and has been so compelling and has contributed so much. And at the same time, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? Uh, what this community builds together um, has been uh, just really beautiful to be a part of. So you asked the question, you know, what was it like to collaborate on this project? Um, and it, so to sum up everything I just said, it really felt like everyone just came into the space and was themselves and i just I, I feel immensely enriched by just being able to be in that space because that just blossoms you know beautiful fruit right um so i'll stop there because we'll have to end at some point tonight and i could say so much about the beautiful collaboration of this project and also <laughs> Thank you, Ash. My, I'm fluctuating between my cheeks cramping and my tears trying to like keep them in. <laughs> okay, okay. Final question. Uh, when you were writing a podcast, what age did you have in mind for the listeners? And if families did want to listen together, is there anything that you think that they should keep in mind? Yeah. Um... So as, as an organization, um, our major reach tends to uh, primarily be youth and younger audiences, um, just as a children's theater. Um, however, with this particular project, this podcast, um, because it's intergenerational, um, the creative team and, and everyone involved, we really wanted to explore capturing as much of an age spectrum um, and as many identities as possible, um, particularly those that have been historically marginalized or um, un under supported, underlifted um, 
in in hopes to reach a wide array, wide array, wide array of uh, listeners. Um, so that intention of trying to include um, that age spectrum as much as possible, um, it showed up in our casting process, um, in the assembly of all of the production elements, um, in uh, our hiring of people on this project. Um, and I, I would even say within our rehearsals, um, just to mention a few places that that occurred. Um, and then as far as families, um, if, if families are going to be listening to this podcast, uh, we just want to offer that there are going to be many narratives and perspectives and occurrences and ideas and identities within the podcast that listeners may connect to or even have questions about. Um, so to, to families that might be listening with their loved ones, we just encourage you to engage with an open heart and an open mind. And um, along with that, if you need or want additional support surrounding these conversations that may surface, um, there's an upcoming resource guide, which will be released in partnership with the podcast. Um, and it includes much more information um, exploring um, wisdom about many of the themes or experiences that um, our 17 participants have have shared or will have shared. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Awesome, thank you. Okay, so thank you to the creative team and for everyone here talking with us tonight. Thank you for holding space. Thank you for sharing, being vulnerable, mm -hmm. sharing your work with us. Everything from the acknowledgement at the beginning to the resources that I can't wait to dig into. You know, it's never too late to share your resources with people. Um, yeah, thank y'all so, so much. Uh, so we would love for y'all tuning in tonight to subscribe and rate the Intergenerational Queer Audio Project available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> and again, all three episodes will be available on the same day, this coming Monday, June 28th. <laughs> so please visit the website octc.org forward slash intergenerational dash project for more information and resources, including the uh, resources mentioned in the land acknowledgement, uh, as well as the uh, resources that Justin just mentioned for families as well. Um, and all of those, you can also find all of that, uh, the links in the description of the streaming right now. Awesome. And for more programs like this one, visit octc.org. So now we'd like to invite everyone back on to say goodbye and thank you again for sharing all of your wonderful wisdom with us. Thank you, thank you. Yay! So goodbye everyone. Thanks for watching. We'll see you later. All right, see y'all. <laughs>